Hey everyone, we are back for the Nerd for Football podcast here uh, on a Sunday instead of a Saturday, but we're, we're figuring out ways to get you our content, and let's start talking about the uh, free agency targets that I that we think the Bears uh, will go after this upcoming free agency in about three weeks. So first up for me, since we have the biggest need at center, I believe that the Bears are going to target uh, recently um, released uh, center Brian Allen from the Los Angeles Rams. I think this for two reasons. One, two years ago, Ryan Bowles tried to sign him in free agency, but failed so he could get a second crack at it. The second reason is the fact that he worked with Shane Waldron in LA before he moved to Seattle. Um, there isn't a uh, contract um, projection for him since he just got released, but I think a good um, target uh, money-wise would be like three years for $30 million with um, maybe half of it guaranteed and $10 million per year. Uh, what about you, Jack? Yeah, so uh, the guy I wanted to highlight at set the center position is Lloyd Cushenberry, who's a uh, 26-year-old who's coming from Denver. Uh, per PFF, he is the number three overall free agent at the center position this year and the number 57 graded free agent overall. Mm-hmm. And Pro Football Focus has, his, has him as one of the higher pass blocking centers, and he showed improvement in his run blocking towards the end of the year last year. And I think he would be a great addition. Him or just any other center free agent in general. I think that could uh-huh. be a, that's been a spot of weakness on a generally pretty weak O-line in recent years for the Bears, but now with two young tackles already in place in Darnell Wright and Braxton Jones, I think that a center like Cushenberry, who is still young at 26, could come in and be a big help to the Bears. And a potential contract for him per A, a to Z sports was around three years for $36 million or about $12 million uh, average annual value and this is about 15% of the Bears available cap this offseason which has recently gone up a little bit due to the cap expanding so either option that we mentioned wouldn't take up too big of a number of the Bears remaining cap. Yes I agree I agree um, next up is uh, the safety position with the release of Eddie Jackson it makes sense that we try to fill his replacement in free agency but this is not me saying that it's not possible to do it in the draft, but I'm just saying it would be a better option to do it via free agency because um, if we went with a free agent, they had they would have experience um, at the position at the NFL level. Um, there's a lot of people that could replace him, um, but my pick would be Geno Stone if he reaches free agency. He, can't, he comes over from Baltimore. Um, according to ESPN.com, he had 68 total tackles, 44 solo, and 24 assisted in seven interceptions this past season with the Ravens. Um, and I believe that uh, according to uh, A to Z Sports, um, his contract value was worth three years for like... Thirty-eight million dollars, something like that, um, with like twelve and a half uh, annually, and uh, twenty of it guaranteed. I think. Um, 
What about you? Yeah, I think Geno Stowe would be a great option. Uh, the guy I wanted to talk about was Xavier McKinney, who is a free agent coming from the Giants. He's mm-hmm. 24 years old, and per PFF, again, he was their number four overall graded free agent safety, and their number th- 43 overall graded free agent just in terms of total players. Uh, per, per ESPN statistics, last year he finished with three interceptions and two fumble recoveries to go along with 116 total tackles and half a sack as well. And I think he would be a great fit for the Bears for a number of reasons, but mainly uh, per PFF again, his missed tackle rate is only around 7.8%. And in recent years, the Bears have kind of gotten scorned by a lot of explosive plays to opposing offenses. And one of the keys that I think could fix this is better tackling. And if you can get a free safety behind the likes of our corners in Tyreek Stevenson and Jalen Johnson, uh, I think that would be a very big help to the defense. And the fact that he's provided three picks both of the last two years is something that could also help the defense generate some more turnovers. And I will say, um, both of the both of the guys that we highlight are great options. But between the two, um, Xavier McKinney, in my personal thought, would be the cheaper option. And I'm not saying that going cheaper would necessarily be the better option because sometimes you have to pay for quality but going cheaper could mean you could splash at a bigger position which yeah. which um which we are actually going to highlight next with um with the edge rushers because we need to pair Montez Sweat with someone on the opposite side and the reason the player that I would go with is um AJ Epineza which you're probably wondering why is this why is this guy the guy I would go after? Well, it's because he has ties to our new defensive coordinator, Eric Washington. And yes, Eric Washington will not call plays in uh, in Chicago. That's still Matt Eberflus' job, but still, sometimes coordinators want to bring in players that have um, familiarity with their system. And Epineza is only 25, so you could get him on a long-term deal to help sweat. According to ESPN.com, in the past two years with the Bills, he has had 6.5 sacks each season, so we could get him signed to a long-term deal for probably cheaper. I would say like a three- or four-year deal for maybe like $50 million, uh, which is cheaper than some of the other edge rushers available. Uh, What about you, Josh? Oh, Jack. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think that's a great point and just something I wanted to point out. Last year we saw the signing of TJ Edwards, which wasn't one of the big splashier signs, but it was on the cheaper end relatively for contracts, and we all saw how much of an impact he had this year. But kind of going in the opposite direction, the guy I wanted to highlight was Josh Allen, edge rusher from Jacksonville. Uh, Everyone knows, great player, not the quarterback, the defensive end version. Yes. Uh, per ESPN, he had 17 and a half sacks last year to go along with two forced fumbles. And uh, per PFF, he's their number one graded edge player in free agency and their number two overall graded defensive player, only behind Chris Jones, who probably will end up staying in Kansas City. Uh, it's kind of hard to understate it, but a defensive line comprised of Montez Sweat and Josh Allen would wreak a lot of havoc for opposing offensive lines and opposing quarterbacks. And this is assuming that Allen, who was a first-round pick by Jacksonville in 2019, doesn't get tagged by them and doesn't sign an extension. But 
if the Bears have this new room with the cap and they go cheaper on a couple other signings, I think that putting Montez Sweat together with Josh Allen and potentially a defensive tackle in the draft would be a huge get for the Bears. And the only problem being that his projected contract per ADC Sports is around four years, $110 million, so $27.5 million per year. So that would take up a large chunk of the Bears' remaining cap. But it would it would be available if we were to um, go with Caleb Williams rather than stick with Justin Fields, because if we stuck with Justin Fields, we'd probably have to pay him next offseason, and you know that would probably be a good chunk that he would be taking up. And it's worth saying that um, what Jack is saying with um, with Josh Allen, that's like a pipe dream. It's more of a more of like the one big splash we'd make, like like when we made it with uh, Terrell Edmonds. Yeah, or even going back to Julius Peppers and a couple, way, yeah. in years prior. Um. So again, um, you know, it's a pipe dream, but. Bears fans have to dream sometimes. Mm-hmm. Got to dream big. Um, the next position that I think we target is wide receiver. I think that because aside from DJ Moore and Cole Komet, we don't really have reliable pass catchers. Um, my first choice would be Kate Davis, who is a very um, reliable pass catcher and a great blocker. The problem with... Um, this that I have is uh, Gabe Davis sometimes can play uh, games where he has 200 yards and two touchdowns and then he won't perform for you know three games according to uh, ESPN.com during the 2023 season Davis caught 45 passes on 81 targets for 746 yards and seven touchdowns um, which would be great. You know, he'd be a great number two option if um, if we got him behind DJ Moore. And I really think that that uh, yardage is a little bit down because of the fact that he played opposite of uh, Stefan Diggs, who who has always had, like, I want to say, like, 1,200 yards and, like, 10 touchdowns in all of the seasons that he's played. Um my second option uh, would be uh, Kelvin Ridley from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they traded for him in 2022 to help Trevor Lawrence in the 2023 season because he was suspended for gambling. So that would be my only like concern. Is he going to do it again? Um, according to ESPN.com, when he joined the team in 2023, Ridley caught 76 passes on 131 targets for uh, 1,016 yards and 8 touchdowns. If I had to choose between Gabe Davis or Calvin Ridley, I would personally choose Davis because he's younger and he probably wouldn't place bets against his own team. But then but then again, this is not me knocking on Calvin Ridley. If he came to Chicago, I would totally support him. But, you know... Uh, Ryan Poles does value character. Yeah, that's a great thing to point out, and that would possibly be a deterrent against getting Ridley. Uh, The guy I wanted to mention wouldn't be as big of a signing as either of those ones, but uh, Curtis Samuel, wide receiver from the Washington Commanders, he turns 28 this August, and 
Prairie SPN, he only caught 62 passes for a little over 600 yards last year and caught four touchdowns in his 16 games. But something I wanted to note on him is that he only had seven rush, rush attempts this past season, but he has had two seasons where he's gone over 35 rush attempts. And that's something in, interesting to note as a wide receiver because it kind of fits into the Debo Samuel, Cordero Patterson mold, which is something that's a unique element to any offense to add. And while his numbers aren't staggering, he does provide a solid veteran presence for an otherwise pretty young wide receiver room comprised right now pretty much of only DJ Moore and Tyler Scott. Mm-hmm. And just adding that element of physicality to the room would never be a bad thing. And of course, we all know him and DJ Moore share a special relationship. They're very close from the time they spent together in Carolina. So I think for what he's projected at for me to see sports at like two years and only $15 million, he would be a great smaller signing that we can make this offseason just to complement the receiver room a little bit. Yeah, and if we were to sign him, he would probably be the number three option, and we would most likely get a um, number two option uh, well, either with uh, uh, the number nine pick uh, this, uh, this upcoming draft or probably a uh, second-round draft pick if we were to trade Justin Fields and use that pick on a um, on a wide receiver. Um, so we didn't put this one in here, but let's just say that hypothetically um, Tyler Lockett gets um, cut from the um, the Seattle Seahawks because they just got a whole new coaching staff and you know and everything and you know sometimes like I said earlier in the podcast um, uh, coaches like to bring in their uh, old players since they have familiarity with the system well um, I would say like 80% of our uh, offensive staff is comprised of the old uh, Seahawks staff uh, aside from the wide receiver coach um, of course um, but if we were to bring in Tyler Lockett, um, what would your thoughts on that be? Yeah, I mean, Tyler Lockett's just a very solid player. I mean, you've probably seen highlights of him never taking any uh, contact after he catches the ball. So he's someone who's probably going to age a little bit better than most other guys mm-hmm. in his position. But he would be a great slot presence to have alongside DJ Moore. And he's just consistently shown, while not be it might not be the most consistent game-to-game performance over the course of a season, he's usually good for around 900 to 1,000 yards and a couple touchdowns and definitely one or two big games a year. And just having familiarity with Walton's offense uh, hopefully would give him a little bit of incentive to come here if he does end up getting cut from the Seahawks in an attempt to save money. But something I will say is we saw... I don't know if you saw the clip of Jackson Smith and Jigba's comments on Shane Waldron. Uh, I did. So it would be interesting for me to see whether or not uh, other players who played there share the same sentiment, or maybe if Lockett has a little bit more positive a view. So it could be something to watch a little bit. And I'm going to comment on that as well. Um, my personal thought on that is I think Jackson Smith and Jigba said that because he's a rookie. I mean, you know... Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigbo was pretty heavily involved in Ohio State's offense, uh, his lead. And then when you go into a, your rookie year, you know you're not um, you're not as heavily involved because most likely you're transitioning from 
being the top guy in your college offense to being possibly the number two or number three guy in your NFL offense. And, you know, I would say that Jackson Smith and Drake was still had a, a considerably good um, rookie year uh, for, for what he had. Um, but, you know, maybe maybe he just didn't like Waldron, but with Tyler Lockett, you know, being there for a considerable amount of time before um, Ninjigba, it would make sense that he likes Waldron and has familiarity with him, so that's something to walk out, look out for. Um, I would totally welcome it on like a three-year uh, reasonable deal. Um, I don't know how much money, per se, but maybe 15, 16 million dollars. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I haven't really looked at what the uh, wide receiver market looks like as much as like what the top guys are being paid right now, but that sounds pretty reasonable as far as contracts yeah. go. Um, and you know, the rest of uh, free agency would most likely be depth positions like backups, uh, you know, some backup tackles, um, maybe a backup tight end because Shane Waldron likes to run. Um, uh, 12 personnel, which means two tight ends. Although, if it's possible, <laughs> I would be okay with having Cole Komet and Brock Bowers. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's something we'll definitely talk about in a later podcast when we start talking about our yeah, draft yeah. targets a little bit. So, yeah. But um, something to look forward to. Um, you know, I uh, don't think we have uh, much to talk about after that because, uh, you know, we just are making uh, our own. Uh, guesstimates on on uh, players that they target, not actually predicting them, but yeah, we'll see. Maybe some of them are correct. Hopefully some of them are. Um, but if we could come up w- w- away with maybe three guys that we mentioned today, I would be happy with that. Yeah, and obviously Ryan Poles knows a little bit more about the team's needs than we do, but Looking forward to free agency starting, the combine coming up soon. So the yeah, dead, that's, uh, the that's dead Friday. Yep, so. the, the dead period of NFL football has definitely uh, starting to slow a little bit as we head into yes. a little bit more of an active time on the NFL calendar. It'll be interesting to see, you know, what um, what the Bears will highlight in uh, in the pre-draft interviews and uh, combine interviews and all that stuff and pro days and all that stuff, but. Again, that's for a later date. So uh, this is uh, Grant and Jack signing off for today. See you guys next week.